The first reading can be found on page one of the Old Testament section of the Church Bibles. It is taken from Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 to 5, and then continuing on verses 26 to 31. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was a formless void, and darkness covered the face of the deep, while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. He called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. Now continuing at verse 26. Then God said, Let us make humankind in our image, according to our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over the cattle and over all the wild animals of the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So, God created humankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. God said, See, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is upon the face of all the earth, and every tree with every seed in its fruit, you shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the air, and to everything that creeps on the air, everything that has breath, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw everything that he had made, and indeed, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day, this is the word of the Lord. Please stand for the gospel reading. It can be found on page 88 in the New Testament section of the Church Bibles. Hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John, chapter 1, verses 1 to 14. Glory to you, O Lord. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning 
with God. All things came into being through him. And without him, not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life. And the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. The true light which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, He gave power to become children of God who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. And the Word became flesh and lived among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. This is the gospel of the Lord. Our prayer as we turn to God's word this morning. May the words of my lips and the meditations of all our hearts be now and always acceptable in your sight. O God, our strength and our Redeemer. Read any good books lately, anybody? If you were here at the 11 o'clock two weeks ago, time flies when you're having fun, I'm finding, um, you'd have heard the new clergy giving recommendations of books impromptu. Some of those books had introductions or prefaces or prologues. And you haven't had a a strange movement in time this morning. We've had a reading uh, which we're more accustomed to read at Christmas. It isn't Christmas, but we come to the prologue of John's Gospel, the beginning, the introduction, the scene setting. A summer series uh, on Sunday mornings looking at selected passages from John's Gospel. We begin today at the beginning not just the beginning of the series, but it is. Not just the beginning of the gospel, but it is that too. But the beginning. The beginning of everything that was created. And our reading from Genesis stands side by side with the passage from John's gospel. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, sits with, he was in the beginning with God. 
And this morning we're going to look at who the he is in that passage. We can tell from these first few words in the Gospel that the Apostle John is determined to set the scene for us. And he doesn't let you start easily, John, does he? This is a challenging passage, but it's worth the work. He sets the scene of the narrative of salvation, which we'll see in the life of Jesus Christ, which he lays out in the Gospel. In a way, this morning, we have to imagine that we are reading this for the first time. To be stunned by the words and challenged by them, and intrigued by them. But they are a clear and accurate backdrop for us. It's a chance to see who Jesus is, what he came to do, and the outcome for the world. We often call this the prologue to John's Gospel, so it is just like in literature, where there's an introduction, the setting of the scene, perhaps linking with past times, what we might call today the backstory, with a narrator of events speaking the words that explain what's coming, the action that's to flow afterwards. Shakespeare did it in Romeo and Juliet. It actually called it the prologue, and a person called the chorus explains what's going to happen and even tells you that it's going to be a death in the story. So where's our backstory uh, of God at work in action? If we study the Old Testament, we can see that God reveals himself to humankind in a number of ways. For example, through natural events, floods, storms, plagues, through the march of history, Babylonians, Syrians, Romans, and through messages to individuals speaking to a little boy in the temple who hears the word of God, speaking through the prophets, speaking to Ezekiel who tells the people in exile the extraordinary future that lies ahead of them, giving promises like to Abraham We learn from creation, uh, the narrative in Genesis, how God speaks. Yes, but we also learn that he speaks, and we learn that when he speaks, things happen. The word of God is a command, yes, but it carries power, limited only if he wishes it to be limited. And the word of God takes immediate effect, as he wills. So in the Old Testament we get familiar with the idea of God's word being, in a sense, an action full of energy and power. I had a little niece who's now a big grown-up girl herself with her own little daughter, who once said to me when we were chatting about God, Uncle Godfrey, a word is a work, isn't it? And I've always remembered that. A word 
is a work. Words make things happen. So if our words make things happen, God's word, well, the sky is the limit. God's word is determinative. That's not just a difficult word. It it means making things happen. It determines outcomes. John wants us to realise and believe that God's revelation of himself to humankind up to this point is all of those things. He takes us back to the dawn of time. In the beginning. But John says, yes, but exciting as that is, amazing as that is, what's happening now is extraordinary and different. A climax of God's self-expression is taking place. Remember, we're trying to think of this as reading this for the first time. God is not now speaking God's word. We are encountering God himself. The ultimate self-expression of God in his own son, Jesus. The word made flesh and dwelling amongst us. As that Christmas card some of you may have had. The word made flesh moving into our neighbourhood. The word was there at the very moment of creation within the Godhead. A distinct divine person, Jesus. The word. Jesus wasn't created then. He is eternal. He was there with God already. Except even the word already kind of misses the point. So it's absolutely natural that he should be there in the moment of creation. He was in the beginning with God. At the actual point when the created order was brought into being. And John is saying, you can hardly believe this reader, can you? But the word has now arrived here to be with the creation that only exists because of and through him. Through him as a direct result of his work as the divine agent of creation. To grasp the tiniest understanding of this is to be overwhelmed with God's generosity and love and power and the enormity of his action in history. Before we leave the reading from Genesis, we need to remind ourselves that there are two sections. If you realised our reader moved quite quickly from the first few verses on into that chapter. And everything was made except humankind between the two parts of our reading. At the end of the first part, God saw it and declared it was good. Verse 25. And then at the end of the second part of our reading, that closes with God reviewing the whole six days of creation, now with humankind in it too. And there he declares that all that was made was very good. And that was how God left it before humankind fell and sin entered this very good world. So to our John passage, we meet Jesus. We learn he is divine. He is eternal. He is the creator of all things. 
But there is more even than that, even in those first few verses. In verses 3 and 4 we read that creation was not of inanimate or senseless creatures, not puppets or toys. The word imparted real life into creation. Not just physical life. The life is the light of all people. Everything about us comes from his life. To say that again, everything about us comes from his life. Can you imagine that? Well, we can't, of course. But we can hear what John says. All that we are physically, all that we are spiritually as people, comes from the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And the passage says, and the darkness has not overcome it. What is John saying there? Well, there are lots of thoughts in lots of books about that. But for today, let's take two thoughts. The infusion of life into creation, the life that was the light of all people, was present and shone utterly undimmed at the very point of creation. Jesus didn't have to polish the lamp in the years that passed from creation to the first century the full glory of the word was there. But there's more than that, and we need to look on to verse 9 for the second thought, where the Apostle John introduces John the Baptist. Lots of Johns, John the Baptist now. That great desert-dwelling preacher, the baptizer who prepared the way for Jesus' earthly ministry. And the Apostle John cautions us as we're reading this uh, first part of that first chapter for the first time, maybe having heard of John the Baptist. He says, don't be confused here. John the Baptist wasn't the light. John the Baptist wasn't even switching the light on. He was declaring the incarnation, the sending of the true light, God's Son, into the world. Remembering that the word gave of his very self to make a creation which God described as very good, we can't begin to imagine what it meant to Jesus to enter physically into a fallen world broken by sin and evil. The world made through him perfect and very good, but not now quite like that. But he did come. And John the, the Apostle tells us he was rejected and ignored. Has that changed? All around us we are encountering people who think Christianity is a failure, um, is on its way out. In any event, it's a fantasy. It's even an illness. I have a non-Christian relative who in relation to a good friend of mine said, he's such a nice chap, 
It's such a pity he's a Christian. What a waste. This is our contemporary rejection. An acknowledgement and a rejection. And then we also meet people who simply don't know Jesus at all. For whom the very word Jesus is just an expletive. They simply don't know him. Verse 10. He was in the world and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. This is, on the face of it, a depressing picture from the Apostle John. But as in the first century, so now, John reminds us that's not all there is to be said. It is so not all that there is to be said. There are those who do respond, who want to respond, who are longing to respond, and who find the truth. And when they do find the truth in Christ, they're galvanized. And they're galvanized for a salvation life and for holy living. Holy living now, a salvation life now, and a saved life in eternity. This is not an experiment that has failed, or a fantasy, or a delusion. Then as now, those who receive him, who by faith trust him completely, and acknowledge him for who he is, they become Christians. But what do we mean? Well, in this passage, they are members of the covenant people of God. Something changes eternally. Not by natural human descent, but by God's grace. And John wants this fabulous reality to colour all our reading of the fourth gospel. And it's declared at the final verse of our passage, the glory that we as believers see in Christ is the glory of the Father's only Son. And that glory is full of grace and truth. Grace in making the light known. Grace in the salvation work which brings the believer into God's family. And truth as what the great Christian apologist Francis Schaeffer called true truth. The real thing. The truth about everything against which all else must be judged. All else. If you've read John's Gospel, you may recall to mind, as I say this, the very words of Jesus himself in chapter 14, where he says, I am the way and the truth and the life no one comes to the Father except through me Lewis Carroll wrote Alice in Wonderland and in that book he puts into the mouth of the king the words begin at the beginning and go on till you come to the end and then stop So just let all of this sink in this morning. We need to engage with the whole of the Gospel of John to put all this into the deeper understanding for us. Today it's just a quick look. So hold on to this for the next six weeks or so as we look at other passages from this Gospel. 
And having begun at the beginning, why not go on and go on until you get to the end by reading the gospel during this summer period? Read it through, maybe read it through more than once. And do remember what we've learnt or been reminded of this morning. Jesus is divine. Through him, you were created. Everybody was, whether they know him or not. For you, the light came into the world. And if you will receive him, he will make you one of God's children. Forever. Amen.